0: Do you feel politically homeless, lost in the chaos of modern politics, not sure who to believe?
1: Clowns to the left of me, jokers to the right, here I am so I with you.
0: Democrats call him a Republican. Republicans call him a socialist. He is Stephen Reynolds, the man in the middle.
1: Welcome to the Man in the Middle podcast, season two, episode five. I'm Stephen Reynolds, your host, recording today from the historic WGNs Studios, located in the heart of the great volunteer state, Murfreesboro, Tennessee. Well, folks, thank you so much for all the great feedback on the last episode. We've got another good episode lined up for you today, and uh, we certainly appreciate everything you're doing, uh, listening to us on iTunes, on Spotify. Um, it's been uh, uh, pretty remarkable. The uh, listens uh, the downloads that we're getting about half or uh, about 30 percent of our audiences in Davidson County which we we think is pretty remarkable we uh, uh, really didn't expect that when we started the podcast but folks in Nashville we're glad that you're listening to us we hope you're safe and um, we hope that everything's going to clean up get cleaned up and uh, get back to normal for us soon it's been a tough week in Tennessee we had uh uh, EF4 tornado on the ground for about 50 miles here in Tennessee, devastating parts of our communities in Nashville and in Putnam and Cookville, and uh, we'll be praying for those folks, and there's a lot of places where you can go and volunteer, send money. Uh, the American Red Cross, the United Way, uh, the Putnam County government has uh, their own site set up to receive donations, so please go out and help your fellow Tennesseans, or help a Tennessean if you don't live here. but Listen to our podcast. COVID 19, we also have a confirmed positive case of COVID 19 here in Tennessee, just in Williamson County down the road. And so, please, folks, listen to the professionals on that and our government. I can just say this you know, without the CDC or the National Health Institute, we'd pretty much be on our own to fight this. And so, these institutions like the CDC, like the State Department, we understand, uh, most of us do, understand how important these institutions are to our people and to our functioning society. So I'm really glad we've got a CDC out there, and I'm glad the federal government funds it because in times like these, we certainly could use it. We're going to talk about COVID-19, and we're going to talk about Super Tuesday today with a very special guest Andy Dickey just returned from Europe last week, uh, experienced the airlines, experienced the uh, shutdowns in the airports, and he's going to tell us what he saw, what he heard out there uh, over the ocean. And then we're going to break down the Super Tuesday primary here in Tennessee. As many of you know, Joe Biden was a big winner, uh, won Rutherford County, and the state of Tennessee handily, along with uh, multiple other states. And as we've been saying before and will continue to say, moderates will decide not only the Democratic nomination, but they're going to decide the next election. That's the people in the middle like me and you. Thanks for listening to this podcast, folks. I'm Stephen Reynolds, the man in the middle, and we'll be right back. Can you help me remember how to smile? Make it somehow all seem
0: worthwhile.
1: How on earth did I
0: get so jaded?
1: Life's mystery Welcome back to the Man in the Middle Podcast, Season Two, Episode Five. Joining me today is uh, Mr. Andy Dickey. Andy, welcome back to the Man in the Middle Podcast.
0: It is my pleasure to be here, Mr. Reynolds.
1: Well, Andy, it's very timely that you were, that you came back uh, on the show today. I know a lot of folks will be interested in uh, your recent
0: travels to Europe. Yeah, I just got back from Finland and Germany, transiting through the uk through london heathrow airport so
1: wow and so andy what was it like and we know that uh 19 is uh apparently on the loose um in the world population now what was it like in uh the airports of europe what was it like in the cities and the hotels how were people behaving overseas
0: i think the first thing i noticed was that the reaction by different groups of people okay is different so when i was going through heathrow airport it was packed with people on right. saturday yeah um i don't know what's behind that or you know to the point where we were even put in a pattern you know where you have to circle before you can land that happens a lot in heathrow we still had to do that but when i was in frankfurt which is another very very large airport oh yeah
1: frankfurt's one of the biggest ones in the world yeah maybe yeah. easily
0: top 10 right? right so uh it was a ghost town a
1: ghost town i can't imagine what it? What it, an, an airport! I've been in the Frank uh, Frankfurt airport several times, and it's enormous. It looks like a, a giant compound or a castle almost. I mean, it's just this giant fortification. It's big. It's yeah. big.
0: Yeah. And I think uh, it was funny. So we had to take a bus. So we're we're going from Helsinki. A colleague of mine and I are going from Helsinki to Frankfurt for meetings. Right and we're leaving i went to helsinki first did some business there and then we're going to go to frankfurt so we get on this bus a lot of times you have to take a bus to a plane in europe uh to board the plane this woman's coming towards the the door to the bus and she's got a mask on and latex gloves and everything and she wasn't able to board the bus because it was full so i boarded the plane and i texted my colleague and i said hey I bet you a million dollars she ends up sitting next to me. And sure enough, she did. The first thing she did when she sat down was apply hand sanitizer to the outside of her latex gloves that she was wearing. So, you know, there's there's reacting and then there's overreacting. Sure. You know, that was a little bit extreme.
1: Yeah. You know, it's funny because I think people are a little skittish right now because of the um, information that's coming out. Uh, seems to be skewed and seems to be uh, uh, one day we hear one thing and one day we hear another. It doesn't add up. It it really doesn't add up, and I think that's what uh, has some folks concerned about what's going on. And as of today, of this recording, we have our first recorded case of COVID-19 in Williamson County, Tennessee, which is about 30 minutes from here, Andy. Yeah. And um, so what um uh, let's talk about the business side of this first okay okay? now we but most people hear about the you know the precautions and all of the things that they can do but uh uh, and you know the impact that this could have but let's talk about the impact on business andy what are companies global companies with folks like you that travel all over the world what are they doing right now
0: well i think the first thing to point out is it's not nothing so i hear a lot of talk about this is this is like the flu. It's similar to the flu. It is definitely not similar to the flu. Okay. When you have the flu, and I, this is, you asked about the corporate situation. And right. This is the briefing I got because we've got risk management people on the payroll. Right. You know, I work for a large company and they're trying to keep us informed. Sure. Our biggest asset is our people. And if those people are out of commission, that's a huge problem for us. Absolutely. So, so anyway, it's not the flu. Um, the flu sp- manifests itself when you contract it quite quickly. Mm-hmm. you know, a couple of days, right. you get very, very ill, which, you know, it's, people say they have the flu all the time when they don't have when it. They don't actually if you have, you have the, flu, the flu. You know, you have the yes, flu. There's do. no disputing that. Yeah. So they're incapacitated and for all intents and purposes. So they stay home. Right. So then they don't spread it further. Um, there's also a vaccine. None of these things are true about COVID-19. So you can have it up to seven days without having any symptoms. No whatsoever. symptoms. Right. Um, It's more contagious than the flu. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, the hospitalization rates are much higher. The ICU rate, so that's the need for someone to need to go in the ICU, is much higher. Critical care, right. Yes, so uh, that's why you saw the Chinese scrambling to build that hospital in two weeks. So it's not nothing, but it's also not the big one. Right. So it's not that, you know species level extinction type of event that is always looming over humanity right it can happen sure uh this is not that for sure okay so what what companies have been doing is putting in sort of risk mitigation strategies so Mm -hmm. one thing is having their employees avoid large gatherings um a large gathering could be a sports event um, it could be a conference it could be an airport so in my case i've got in practice what means a travel ban until march 31st
1: right so your company's imposed a travel ban on you and any of the other people that were out on the road when they decide made this decision yeah so i was
0: on the road when they made that decision and Mm -hmm. i came home and i haven't self quarantined because i haven't you know i'm not sick i haven't been exposed to anyone to my knowledge that's sick right um I don't I, you know I skip church on Sunday just out of an abundance of caution cuz we we've got a lot of elderly people that I go to church with.
1: And we did do the burrow bump uh, on the way in yeah, folks and yeah. and we are observing the 6 foot rule right now. Yeah, We're close sure. to it.
0: Yeah. yeah for sure. So uh you know I'm not I'm my biggest worry is making somebody else sick, right? Of course. Um but in terms of this travel ban what that means is that we'll we'll uh, I work remotely anyway. Many of my colleagues do as well. So it's really not impacting us sort of in that way as heavily. At a certain point, you do have to go out on the road and make deals in person, right? Yeah. I so, mean, if we don't, everything's going to stop. Yeah. And nah. we hit the pause button. I think we were kind of forward thinking in that we, we had a hardware. We were primarily a hardware business. And now we're very diverse in having hardware, software, services. And most of our software offering can be offered remotely. Right. Um but that only can work for, you know, we're on the hardware side of, of, of the world, essentially. China is, a, is the world's workshop. So putting the pause button on China is a problem.
1: Yes. Well, and, and that's, I don't think that most people understand how interconnected we are globally. We are. So maybe antibiotics uh, medicine may not may be manufactured in the United States or Germany, but the raw materials come from China. Or they come from somewhere. Or they right? come from somewhere, right. Yeah. And so this this kind of ties into the whole economic we, We're literally all bound to each other now on this planet in so many ways as far as an economic perspective. Would you agree with that?
0: Oh, I would totally agree. And I think um, it's... It's important to separate Main Street from Wall Street, right? Yes. I think you're seeing the stock market take a dive because they're seeing this reduction in economic activity. And at least in some ways, the stock values are a barometer of economic, economic activity. Right. But they are not in and of themselves economic activity. That's right. So my biggest concern is can folks get up and go to work? Right. So if they can get up and go to work, that means they're not sick or it means their place of work is not shut down that that's what i'm really really concerned with from from a business perspective because productivity my, stops it does and my clients are are construction folks and you can't do that over over the internet you got to be there you to have to be there. put that concrete yeah. in the ground or in the air so right it's it, it's definitely concerning um it's not just the getting sick there's so many places in the world that if gdp drops below a certain amount people genuinely suffer people start dying right they get sick they die yeah um and then you know i think when you see the hhs folks uh kind of being very cautious on on television they're right to be so like they their job is a macro job so they're looking they're at the top of everything looking down and they know that when the economy goes to into the toilet That's going to produce X additional suicides or or these kind of things. Addiction problems, suicide
1: problems, all all types of issues. So
0: I don't have a sky is falling attitude, but I also don't think that it's a trivial thing by any means.
1: Yeah, I think that's a great point. Uh, you know, I, and this we try to touch on politics a lot, Andy, on this show. And and you know, I think that uh, blaming the president for the coronavirus is is about as dumb as blaming President Trump for the tornado that tore through Nashville and Cookville earlier this week. However, they're responsible the President is responsible for the response. And yeah, that's how I he'll the, be judged, right? Yeah,
0: I totally agree. And I think the dead giveaway that you cannot spin. So this this is where the rubber meets the road. Where you and I are always talking about this that ideology only goes so far. Eventually, right. real life reveals itself, and so the results are are going to be known. And and one way we're already seeing that the mismanagement of this crisis is is revealing itself is in testing. So in yes. South Korea, they've they've done thousands of tests. Uh, they have drive-through testing system in place already. In this country, I forget the number of cases. What is it, 100 and something? It's
1: 100 and something, but right before we started recording this episode, you'll be interested to know this. There are, in the state of Tennessee, there are 85 test
0: kits. Yeah, that's ridiculous. So our our developed world counterparts have done are executing thousands of tests, right. and we have done hundreds of tests nationwide right. over the past 9 or 10 weeks. That is... A failure. It is it is a failure. It's very
1: concerning. We can't
0: test one person
1: in every county in the state of Tennessee. We don't have enough tests to do that. And now we have this COVID nineteen in Williamson County, not far, and you know, there are eighty five of these
0: test kits in the state of Tennessee. Andy, what you want to bet that eighty of them are in Williamson County. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, but I gotta tell you that the number one weapon in the war against against a pandemic or an even an outbreak. Is surveillance? That's the word the medical community uses for it, and that's testing. Yeah. So you can't fight something you can't see, and you can't see it if you don't have a test to show you where it is. Right. So that's my concern right now. Absolutely, and and
1: so again, once again, I think that um, back to your point about. Um, ideology only going so far. And, and, and certainly, folks, I don't want you to take this the wrong way. People in Tennessee are hurting. We have been devastated by this last round of tornadoes.
0: Yes, for sure. And so to deal with that at yeah. the same time presents a whole set of it, additional it challenges. Does. And
1: you take a county like Putnam County that probably voted 70% Trump, and their ideology from is is less government. But when this tornado tore through, the very first question they're asking is, where's FEMA? Right?
0: I suppose, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's
1: one of the first questions is, when when's our help going to arrive? And so I think people need to think about that, when our where our priorities are, and where do we separate
0: the rhetoric when we actually need FEMA. FEMA is a good thing, right, Andy? It is. I think, you know, as we progress through this crisis – you're gonna there are gonna be people that and we all have in, in our life known people like this. We there will be people that will be asked to quarantine yeah. at home. Right. And they will refuse to observe that. Sure. Because they're special or the world re- not sick. Or yeah, the world revolves around them or what you know, right. whatever drives that sort of terrible behavior. Right. The only entity that can really sort of step in and say, Hey, hang on, in an impartial way, say, hang on. We told you to stay in your house, and if you don't, we're going to post an armed guard. or There's going to be civil or criminal penalties for you doing that. The government has a function, is my point. That's right, another legitimate
1: function. and, And I agree, Andy. It's my point when we hear these words. Uh, people talk about socialism, they, they want to use all of these as bad connotations but I'm glad we have a CDC.
0: Uh, I, I am too.
1: I, I'm glad we have a National Institute for Health. Uh, I'm glad that we have FEMA and that we band all of our resources together to help people all over the country that go through these terrible natural disasters and so when people say less government I don't think they mean those organizations. Do you, Andy?
0: I would agree. Yeah, yeah, I would agree. Yeah.
1: Well, anything else on the coronavirus that you'd like to add? Any any insight to what you have seen out there? I, is this I, – I know that there are predictions that the global GDP is going to be way, way down
0: uh, this year. Po- possibly zero uh, for the it global could be. GDP. It could be, yeah. Um, the, the So here's – I'll say a few things. So here's a positive about a crisis like this. is okay. They tend – To come and go. Yeah. Um. It's not systemic. It's not a systemic flaw in the economy. So if you look at places in the world where the economy is really bad and people really struggle, right? There's some systemic problems, corruption, like deep corruption. You know, all those kind of things. A crisis like this, that's those. It's not that. They have a tendency to come and go. Um. I think what I would encourage people to do is to take it seriously. Yeah. Uh, both at home and in the workplace. So uh, you know this, but my sister-in-law seven years ago passed away from the flu. Right. Um, In large part because she didn't have health insurance. Mm -hmm. Um, What concerns me in this country is that because they don't have the money to pay the bill, people will get infected and not go to the doctor. And not go to the doctor. Now, this isn't a Medicare for all commercial. I'm taking this bully pulpit to tell those people, just go. Yeah. We'll figure it out. Right. I hate to say it like that, but as a society, we'll just figure it out. And if right. you can't pay the bill, just don't pay it. Right. Just go to the doctor if you if you start to show these kind of symptoms. Lots of lots of religious organizations out there that are helping people with their medical bills now. Yes. So yes, well it's more important that you see a doctor. It is definitely more important that you see a doctor. And the other thing too is that people like to make light of it and I've been guilty of it, but yeah, there's a lot of coworkers and people that have p- people at home oh, that yeah? that have pre-existing conditions and things like that. So, yeah. um, if you, in your estimation, someone is overreacting just keep that to yourself right you don't know what their home situation is or right. if mama's in a nursing home or something like that and they they want to be able to see her and that kind of a thing and right you know we've already here we're already hearing reports that nursing homes are discouraging people from visiting yes we are hearing that that nursing homes are discouraging visitors around here uh, just to protect the people yeah, yeah so i would just say don't freak out right um uh, take all the steps do all the hand washing, hand gel if you can get your hands on it, that kind of thing. Right. Um. Don't be around people who are sick. Right. If you can avoid it. Right. If you're sick, stay home. Mm-hmm. That's what I would. That's what I would suggest. Absolutely. And and you know, um, I'll tell you,
1: Andy. You said there are there are also positives that come out of this. And a lot of times they're unseen, so I had to go get my real ID today at the DMV. Oh, okay. And I uh, uh, recently had a birthday, and my driver's license had expired, so I went to get the real ID. i heard all the horror stories about waiting three hours, and if you know, if you guys are familiar with the Rutherford County DMV, you know that it from sunup till sundown, it's wrapped around the building here.
0: Always has been. Always
1: yeah. has been. I pull in today, I got to choose where I wanted to park. Wow. Which is unreal in Rutherford County. I could pick. I could it's a new from, day
0: over on Samsonite. From oh, my skies. goodness. It's unbelievable.
1: <laughs> and, and so uh, going through that entire process to get my real ID today took
0: less than 20 minutes. And that reminds me of living in Virginia where they actually staffed the DMV and funded. You're so <laughs> right, you're
1: right. The only possible explanation I can have for people not being there today is this coronavirus scare. Could, could be. Could yeah. be. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we'll keep an eye on that, Andy. We look forward to having you back in the future to talk a little bit more about this to see where this goes. Because you've got a unique perspective on it. By traveling all over, you get to see how the rest of the world is reacting to this.
0: Yeah, and I'm not a doctor. Please, people need to listen to the doctors and that sort of thing. But like you say, I just wanted... Yeah, well, I it's appreciate It's interesting to see how different different countries are reacting. to responding. Yes. I think
1: that, that people are interested in hearing that and, and understanding what's going on. Well, let's move on, Andy. Let's talk about the Democratic primary. We had Super Tuesday, uh, what, about 48 hours ago, 72 hours ago. Yeah, it was a long night. It was a long night, and uh, uh, Joe Biden was the comeback kid, it appears to be. Um, uh, I mean, just out of nowhere. Uh, well, did you
0: expect that to happen, Andy? Let Let's talk about Joe Biden. So I actually I kept the scorecard, as you know. Yeah. Um, I missed. He He surprised me in a couple of places. I, I'll yeah. I'll be totally honest. Um, I don't know if he was a comeback kid or if we just you know don't know what's going on. Yeah, I think that may be it. You know, I I think the the people that showed up for Joe. I think that they are not hanging out on Facebook all the time, or on Twitter, or let's talk about that since you touched on that because and 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 folks, we're
1: going to get to Bernie and uh, we, you know, we're going to say some nice things about Bernie and probably some not so nice things about Bernie, but uh, people is do you
0: believe people are living in their own social media bubble now? I think people can. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. I, I really do, and I think. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing, to be honest. I mean, there are bad aspects of it, and there are also good aspects of it. Sure. I think a good aspect of if I can check in safe regarding this tornado – is a you great know, thing. It's a great thing. Well, we can get
1: I, supplies to people that need them.
0: Correct. Right. And I live in Murfreesboro, so that's nowhere near this where this happened, right? Right. But my friends who live in Holland don't know that. Right. So it just makes my life a bit more efficient. Sure. But then you can, because of these algorithms and stuff, you can get trapped in a... In a bubble, and we've had journalists actually study that, like set up a oh, fake yeah. account, oh, yeah. and then start white liking this white nationalist crap and stuff like that, and then that's all they see from there then on. Even after just one like, right? And so what that does is that kind of puts someone that well, everyone agrees with
1: me. Yes, that that that's where the individual comes out of that and says, well, everyone must be a Bernie Sanders supporter. Yeah, this is true. And then reality hits.
0: Yes, the reality—the reality of Tuesday night was the we were we were told that he was Bernie was going to energize everybody, he's going to increase voter turnout, and he did. And then they showed up and voted for Joe. And they showed up and voted for Joe Biden. Yeah, and a lot of I've seen a lot of people beating up on the establishment. Mm-hmm. I don't think, um, I don't think suburban moms and and. African-Americans in South Carolina are the establishment. I just want to put that out there. Like, it just seems weird the way it's being spun. Well, the Democrats are not a monolithic block. Not at all.
1: Have always been a coalition of various groups of people. And I think that Joe Biden showed on Tuesday night that African black Americans are are behind Joe Biden 100 percent. Yeah, or seventy percent at least.
0: At least that you know it's there. He has that support. I mean, I think if you, you know, he made a visit to a church in Alabama and he was sitting up on the dais. So I, I just Mike Bloomberg. This is the church where Mike Bloomberg got his their, people turned their back on him. Yeah, that he's down in the the seats. Bloomberg is. This is like the ninth richest guy in the world. I saw. He's that. relegated to the audience, and Joe Biden is on the dais. Right. You know, and if you. I grew up in Woodbine in Nashville, and you know I've been to black churches, you know, many times because of my friends. I mean, we're in that community; we're family, regardless. You know, whether you're Lay Ocean, which is heavy Lay Ocean population, so I've been to the temple and I've been to the AME church. You know that, right, right. you know how that goes, yeah. right? So, um, if you're on the dais, that's a big deal. Yeah, you're 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 part of the family, right? And that was a real, you know, and I knew that from growing up, and that that that's a real signal. I kind of had a feeling then mm-hmm. that that's how it was going to go. Yeah. Like, I wasn't going to verbalize it, but I was like, not that he would have done as well, but that he wasn't going to do as badly as people were thinking, like, that they counted him out. Um, but then the contrast was Bernie was where? He was in California at the same time. Yeah, that's that's an interesting question
1: there. Bernie, the, we had the March in Selma, which, you know, all these Democrats who run for president, uh, almost all of them showed up for that, except for Bernie. And Bernie went to California. Andy, what what do you think the political – do you think he was just, you know, gave up on the South? Do you think that – I think that's
0: part of it, but I also think that what we don't see is their internal polling. Mm -hmm. I think the way these primaries work with this proportional delegate assignment, when you win, you need to win big. You know, where you win, it's not enough just to win a state by six delegates or whatever. Like, you need all your delegates. And when you win, you want to win big. I think that this is pure speculation. I think their polling showed that they were in trouble in California. Okay. That Biden was catching up. Yeah. Yeah. Or i somebody. Mean, that's 415 delegates. I just right. think if, if I'm – I, I hope I'm remembering correctly. But if he if he loses 10 points out there, that's – 41 and a half delegates. Yeah, right. So he can't afford he you know I think it was just a tactical choice on his part, particularly given he he has had a difficulty among African Americans over the years. And let's touch on that a little bit. So Bernie probably had the best
1: name recognition coming out of 2016.
0: Yes. He had four years, he had plenty of money. Yeah, he had a a a, a, a not super Super PAC, you know, like they keep talking that he doesn't have a, right, but he a does. super PAC, but yeah. he has a nonprofit called Our Revolution that functions in exactly the same way. The so, same way as a super bar. Is it Our Revolution's under investigation now, or is it just in Justice Dems? I, I don't
1: know. One of, one of that group under which, investigation yeah. now for some... Anyway, but, but uh, Bernie had four years and a pocket full of money to convince black voters in South Carolina and
0: really all over the South that he was the guy and he didn't do it and a lot of really famous african-american surrogates like killer mike you know i yeah, mean i'm a right. i'm a run the jewels fan i'm sure <laughs> so, i'm sure some of the people in the audience aren't going to know what in the world i'm talking we got to
1: play a killer mike stuff <laughs> <of> music now <laughs> yeah. yeah
0: yeah so he's a rapper from atlanta and i lived in Kennesaw for a long time and actually he and his partner i bumped into them in helsinki we stayed in the same hotel and we we talked for a long time and He's a super nice guy, and he's a big Bernie supporter. Right. He tried to convert me to the – he wanted me to feel the burn right there in the hotel, right? right. So, um, but I don't know. I don't know. I can't put my finger on it. I don't right. know why. So, I, I'm trying yeah. to preempt that question. If you're going to well, ask me why I think that is, I have no idea. Well,
1: you've had a lot of Bernie supporters um, blame the media. Uh, we've had them blame the DNC establishment. Let me ask you this, Andy: Is the est- Bernie's establishment the same as Trump's QAnon?
0: It may be because last time I checked, if you've been in in the Senate like thirty years or however long it's been, right? That's establishment as it gets. Where I come from, yeah. You know, I mean, do you right. know any senators? Right. No. You know, I don't. Right. I mean, people on Bransford Avenue in Nashville don't know any, senators, don't know any senators either. Senators. So, right. Yeah, right. so you know, like <laughs> yeah. I just. You know, don't miss me with that stuff. He's a politician. Sure. And I don't mean to ha- – I'm not hating on Bernie. You know what I think should happen? If he gets a plurality of delegates – He should be the nominee. He damn well should mm-hmm. be, you know. Let's, and that the, yeah. I ain't standing in his way from doing that. Right. And I don't think any – the DNC is either. I mean, I don't see how a, such an incompetent organization could manage to pull off this Illuminati kind of scheme. You're
1: right. <laughs> I mean, I think people are giving DNC, the DNC too, way too much credit. I mean I'm not an establishment guy the
0: establishment's never helped me but the truth is is the DNC is inept and broke right now yes and just a mess most candidates whether it's a senator or somebody for state house they're on their own right you know they just wrap themselves in their party affiliation in order so that the the electorate Without doing much research, can generally get an idea of what that person's all about. I can tell you, as a former candidate, the
1: very first thing reality that hits you in the face is that you're on your own. The Calvary is not coming. That's right. There's no (laughs) massive groups of Democratic donors, or you know, that are going to pour money into a campaign. It just doesn't
0: exist. They do, but they don't flow through the DNC. Right. And if it's not something that captures the 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 rich wing of the party, the moneyed wing of the party. Then forget it. Yeah, forget Uh, it then. I mean, that's just the way that it is. So I just love all the talk here locally about the special interests having a grip and blah, blah, blah. We've had some very popular candidates. Uh, from the woke part of woke wing of the party, get some special interest money, but they didn't seem to beef with that. So I mean, right? You know, it's I, only
1: special interest if the other guys getting it. Correct. Right. So
0: you know, I just think, and I don't fault Bernie for our revolution. Right. What I fault him for is being hypocritical about it. Mm. So don't dog on them when you're just you're just like them. Right. This idea, this mystique that he's built up, you know, and the thing that kills me is running Obama down. Like they wanted a public option, but he's like acting like that he that that Barack Obama was in the pocket of the of you know corporate America and all this stuff. They didn't get the let's not rewrite history. They didn't get the public option because Joe Lieberman jumped ship. That's right, and he jumped ship explicitly for the purpose from to to kill the public option. Mm-hmm. Now let's. I, I was there. I was alive. Now maybe. Some one of these imaginary twenty-two-year-old Bernie supporters wasn't there, like right, right. or they were in elementary school, whatever they were doing, right? Right. Uh, middle school, so uh, maybe maybe they don't know any better, but I know better, right? So I have a reaction to that. I just encourage that that camp to just. Um, I would give them the same advice that they gave us after the November 2016 election. Maybe the folks just don't like your candidate. Yeah. That's what they said about Hillary. So I want to give that advice back to them right now. Maybe they just don't like your game. Maybe they just don't like Bernie. Yeah. Don't it, overthink it. it. Right. Right. Maybe it, people just, they, they nearly had double turnout in Virginia. And if you look at the numbers, the only con- conclusion you can draw is that all those people were really excited to get up and go leave their house, not to vote for Bernie. Yeah. Right.
1: And, and so, you know, back to what, you know, a lot of the Bernie's people are saying about they blame the media, they blame the DNC, they blame moderates like me, uh, like you. I mean, I think you're a moderate, Andy. And they blame, even though, you know, I'll go around and say, hey, look, Bernie Sanders has done some great things for this country. He's moved the public opinion conversation on health care. He's moved the public opinion and conversation on campaign finance reform. There are many positive contributions that Bernie Sanders has definitely, made. Definitely.
0: Definitely. And, and and so I
1: look at those things and I say, Hey, that's a great idea. We need the folks that have different ideas. That's the thing yes. about the Democratic Party, is it not, Andy? Is Bill, that,
0: it's a big the Big tent is the term we've always used. It's a big tent party. Right, but you've got to build a coalition. Right, it's coalition building. It's not military conquest. That that's the vibe I get off this. It's it's our way or the highway. Gosh,
1: it sounds just like Trump.
0: Yeah, but it's winner take all though. It's right. sort of like I hate this idea of winner take all politics. That right. you know, if you don't give me Medicare for all, then we then then you know, forget it. Right. Well, what about a public option for the people? We need it. You know, they don't give Barack Obama credit. He you know, and you can say what you want about Obamacare, but the fact is, it put 22 million more people on health insurance. That's 22 correct. million more people. Mm-hmm. Not, not a fact, not in dispute. But his name is mud. If you, I mean, even Castro, who was in his cabinet in Obama's cabinet, he just went straight in on Obama. That was the, been the big shock for me. Right. In this cycle, now is do I, you know, did I really appreciate Obama's use of drones? No. So I, I, I don't. Right. I don't want to say I don't want to sanctify all these people. They are politicians, yeah, right? Like well,
1: that that's the same with me. I, I, I uh, Obama did some good things domestically, but he didn't follow through on his promises internationally. Actually increased the drone strikes, which was very But I want to stand on the truth,
0: right? Right and, right. and I'm not the enemy if I point out the truth. Right. Now, I'm right. less I'm more concerned when it comes to serious policy issues right. than I am if they fib about their time as a school teacher or You know, these kind of these kind of things like. Right. You or what what was the Biden thing about Mandela getting arrested with Mandela? Yeah, So
1: Biden said he was with Mandela when he got arrested, which turned out to
0: be obviously. Who cares? uh, Right. He's a politician. We have to have, like, come to expect that, that, you know, Mark Twain said never let the truth get in the way of a good story, right? And they're going to embellish. That's exactly and right. And Bernie's embellishments that he's a socialist. He's not even really a socialist. He, he just does that to excite people. <laughs> socialist is managed economy, state-owned state 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 owned businesses. Right. You, know, you, you know, it's like I just right. sit back and chuckle at that. If they're so bought into that, you just look at them and take them for what they are as, as human beings – they're a special kind of human being called a politician. Right. They're going to do this kind of stuff, and you have to make up your mind. What, you know, we're we're adults. Make up your mind. Do I want to pick this person? And Tuesday night, people picked. Yeah, they decided, and it's been going on for a couple of centuries in this country now, and it's going to carry on, right, into the future. Deal with it.
1: Do you think it's fair for an independent? To jump into a party, whether it be Democrat or Republican, and run as a candidate for that party, uh,
0: do you you think that that's okay? I don't like it. I don't think it should be okay. I wonder why the party didn't step in and stop it. Mm -hmm. Even Hillary Clinton had a chance to share what she thought was her definition of a Democrat Mm -hmm. and sort of weigh in on that even back then. Mm -hmm. She didn't. So, on that whole issue, I'm just left scratching my head. There are people in the party I wonder some days why I subject myself to being in the same party with them. Right. Because our views on the world are just so different. Right. Um, And, you know, right. I don't know what else to say about that. It's just when people, you know say billionaires shouldn't exist and stuff like that. I just rolls, I, I just rolled my eyes like, how am I in the same party with these well, people? Right. I mean, in a good world,
1: more billionaires exist. More millionaires exist. Well, I don't know. The but like, the, the, the opportunity for upward mobility.
0: Yeah, I, we, do upward have, we, mobility. Have, we do have a problem with income inequality. Right. But to make a statement like, a billionaire shouldn't exist... I I'm a I'm an engineer. I'm a practical guy and I start to think, okay, where do we draw the line? Yeah. Right. Where do we draw the line? And who gets to who gets to draw the line? Yeah. Is it a million dollars, 10 million dollars? Okay, once they're finished with exterminating the billionaires, who's next? Right. You know, so that's the kind of way I think about it. What would be more constructive would be to say that we're going to stop these people from dodging their taxes. Right. Because we know they're doing that. So I don't think this idea, and that my Republican friends would just their head would pop off. This idea that someone would say I'm not going to start a business because of the tax rate. Right. The tax rate has to be ludicrously high for someone to make that decision. Right. If the if if their effective tax rate it goes from ten percent to fifteen percent on the corporate side. They're not saying, hey, no, forget it. I'm not starting Amazon and making myself insanely rich because, you know, they raised it, uh, you know, from 10% to 15%. Right. That's propaganda. Yes. That's that That is right-wing propaganda to mm-hmm. get people conditioned that all taxes are bad, never right. raise taxes, that right. sort of thing. Right. So I just think it would be more constructive if we really talked about the real problem, which is that we have these deficits – not just because we're overspending, but because we're under taxing. Under taxing and, and tax leakage. Yes. Right. Yeah, and when I say under taxing, I don't mean let's go change everybody's tax rate because guess what? That's just gonna be on me and you. That's not gonna be on these guys. Right. So instead of trying to tell the world that they shouldn't exist, let's ha- let's just do something practical. Let's start by making them pay their fair share. Right. But you get a lot of people for whatever reason that make thirty five grand a year that are very sympathetic of billionaire. For, they have a lot of sympathy for billionaires. Right. I don't know why. Well,
1: but, I don't know how a New York businessman could strike a chord in Tennessee, right? Right. But it happens,
0: but, but it, but it, but it happens right. right? So instead of uh, sort of triggering them right. like that, why not just say, hey, I want everybody to pay their fair share right? and give examples? Yes. And Same to, with the corporations. Yeah. In particular, those folks. Right. You know? Mm-hmm. So, you know, and if there's tax avoidance strategies, here's, here's the thing that... That when it's when it's America first only, mm-hmm. this is where it's hard to enforce the tax laws because you need international partners yes. in in order to to enforce those laws mm-hmm. because otherwise they can park their money somewhere else. Right. But you know if you're the guy in the room all the time saying hey the rest of the world can go to hell, it's kind of hard to make those partners and. Right. And work on that stuff like taxation together. It is. That's that's another very good point. Well, let's let's go back
1: to the primary. So so yeah, we we don't agree. I mean, we agree that we shouldn't eliminate billionaires, right? I mean, we shouldn't elim- eliminate I mean, basically it's an argument against capitalism.
0: Uh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I think it's just silly. Yeah, it is. just a bit of silliness. It's just this
1: esoteric conversation of something that will never happen.
0: How do you implement
1: that? It's the same thing when people talk to me about affordable housing. People say, we need affordable housing. Hey, I agree. You know how you make housing more affordable? You You, increase supply. You build more houses. Right. But we don't want to do that. That's where I get a mixed message from a lot of the people on the left here in Rutherford County. On one day, they'll say, hey – Not in my backyard. Not in my backyard. And the next day, they're like, "You just wait till all these outsiders move in here. We're gonna turn this the politics around of Rutherford County." Well, those people have to have a house to live in when they
0: move here. Yes, and people complaining about the price of housing and this sort of thing.
1: Right. And so, what do they want? Do they want us to nationalize housing? We can't do
0: that. That's what they do in in Singapore now. Singapore is a, what they would what they've termed benevolent dictatorship. Okay. So I mean, dictatorship, but but we're, we're but we're not sort of massacring people. I guess. Right. I mean, it's a great place. I'm. I'm kidding. Sure. But it is a benevolent dictatorship, and most housing is public housing. Yeah, okay. I mean, 90% of it. And mm. only the super, super rich own their own
1: property. I, 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 that is not going to fly here. There's not a politician in America that can get elected on that, Andy. Not a single one. guess what? One. It's
0: still expensive. Yeah, of course it is. You know Why? Because it's an island. It's a a supply issue. It it is a supply issue. Back to the same thing. It's
1: the same thing, exactly. So we have Section 8 housing now that the government supplies for low-income families that can apply for. But it's really the people that fall from a housing perspective in the middle, right? It's the people that don't make enough money to buy uh, the house prices that are now, but but they make too much money to qualify for a public assistance like a Section 8.
0: You know, when I first moved to D.C., I was a young guy. Young wife, mm-hmm. you know, kid on the way. I was in that category. I made too much for rent control, right? And you know, too little to really have a, a, a decent life, right? Right. You know, I was spending half my paycheck on rent, just on rent.
1: Yeah, yeah. So we've all been there, I guess, is what
0: you're trying to say, Andy.
1: And it, and it but it really is um, a supply.
0: It is a supply issue, and one of the things that really turned me off was the complete and utter disregard for people's property rights. Yes. You know that we, right. t- we had property here that was already zoned for that purpose. Somebody owned it and they wanted to use it for that intended purpose. Right. And people tried to stop it. Right. You know, and I just don't think that That's pretty anti-American if you ask me. Yeah, they just you can't take someone's private property and turn it into green space. Sorry. Uh, uh, you can pool your money and buy it. They could have they could have easily done that. They you can all
1: get elected to the government and and then and raise the taxes and buy it. Yeah. I mean there there are a couple of ways that it could be done but but you know not just shouting someone down,
0: yeah for sure mm-hmm. um the you know the developer they you know in a particular case they could have came to the come to the table with with that person rather than sort of instantly taken to the media i mean, I'm not saying that what they did was wrong, right, as so far as how their approach was, I'm saying that property was zoned for that, right.
1: Well, I think that you have to come at it um uh, from a realm of what's actually possible. We're not going to shut it down, but we might get them to improve the plans, it might actually help me as a neighbor, might actually increase my own property value as a neighbor.
0: Well, I think you know if you take there was a couple of projects, it wasn't just one or actually several. So yeah. if you take the if you take the the case and lane issue I, that's not built that road's not built to handle the amount of traffic that that they're putting back that's through correct. there. Yeah. Uh they could have worked with the developer to help mitigate that. Right. They could have put some requirements on development to mitigate that. Mm-hmm. But they didn't because right. they were having the wrong debate. Having right. the wrong argument.
1: Having the wrong argument. That's exactly yeah. right. Let's circle back to the primary, Sandy. Okay. That's really why right. we came. But yeah, but that's good stuff because yeah. we're talking about these types of issues. That a lot of the folks on the far left, uh, uh, I get confused. I respect their opinion. I want to know what their thoughts are. They can move the needle on the public dialogue if they convey their message
0: in the proper way. But let's go to Let me ask you a question. I know it's your show, but I want to ask you a question. Sure, sure. If Bernie would bend and entertain the public option, Mm -hmm. or if, say, he had done that six months ago sent those signals, would he have won on Tuesday night? It could have
1: been a very different story, I believe. I I think that that's part of it. I think the other fear that people have is that they see that Bernie um, uh, proudly wears that socialist label, and they don't want to go through a general election where that's all they hear out of the president's mouth. As a matter of fact, I was listening to uh, conservative talk radio on the way in. I, I listened to all of these just so I can get a broad perspective. And you know what they're saying, Andy? They're saying we're all socialist. Uh, but guys like me and you are the ones that know that the timing's not right and we're going to have to get there in 40 years, so that's why we want Joe yeah, Biden. Yeah, I'm not
0: a socialist.
1: Yeah, right, I'm not a socialist I'm a, either. I, I'm a capitalist. Yeah, I'm a, definitely a capitalist, absolutely. And and so, anyway, it gives them an opportunity to gin up these stories on Bernie Sanders. Now, what are we going to hear about Joe Biden? We're going to hear that Joe and Barisma. we're going to, you know, when you could take any of the Trump I children and point out. I think that's a
0: miscalculation out. on his part. Uh, do you? Okay. Because every time he brings that Up, I think about him. I think you think about Joe. Well, no, every time they bring up Burisma, I think about Trump's foray into Ukraine Ukraine. and and that sort of stuff. Yeah, so I I think that may be a miscalculation, and I think it's priced in. I think it's priced in to Joe. Yeah, so you know, the the Tuesday result that we saw already baked in, yeah, Mm -hmm. it was already baked in. Mm -hmm. I I don't think you're right. He can hammer that all he wants, right? I think. Joe's strategy from the beginning: don't be too no, don't get noticed too much on the debate stage. You know, people had that as a knock. I think that was calculated. Probably very calculated. I don't I, think he planned Tuesday like it went right, but I do think his debate performance, because only thing you can do in a debate really is 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 hurt your position. It, right, tread water is the best you can do. That is that is what you want to do. Right. Right. So if you can ma- manage to dodge a few bullets and. Mm-hmm. And just stay quiet, but especially if you're a strong retail politician like him, like he is really good face to face and in right. front of a camera, one on one. Yeah, mm-hmm. and when he's out there meeting people, and people, even though this country's hundreds of millions of people, that still matters. Oh yeah, absolutely. Everybody's yeah, got I'm, friends, and everybody goes away and says, "Hey, you know, I think he's the guy," and you know, after they meet him and stuff. So. Right.
1: Right. I think that's that's an
0: important part. And,
1: and you know, uh, back to the COVID-19, that that could be a huge X factor in campaigning this season. We, we could essentially end up with a social media television campaign it
0: if this, if this got bad. Yeah, and it wouldn't be that the candidates would be necessarily worried about getting sick themselves. But they just wouldn't want to be the catalyst for people uh, the, gathering, or the right? guy
1: spreading it.
0: Maybe yeah. the candidate may be the one carrying it. Yeah, or it. just right. having a rally, and right. you know, the, you're the one that called the rally. So now I'm sick, kind oh, of a boy. thing. I, you know, that's
1: got to be going through President Trump's mind if he can't have a rally this summer before a general election, man. So that may be why he's da- trying to downplay it a little bit, you know.
0: But it's uh, life. You it, know, it, it it, is this life. is life yeah. coming at us right, right. here.
1: Right. Andy, any predictions on the uh, uh, Democratic p- uh, primary going forward? We know we just had Super Tuesday, but there's, it's still to be decided. Do you think Joe Biden's got it wrapped up, or do you think this is still a fight to the end?
0: I mean, I'm a numbers guy. So yeah. they were saying there was a brokered convention up until Monday. And now there's – Like heavy odds that it would be a brokered convention. now the odds convention. are way down on a brokered convention. Correct. Yeah. So, But I stood by that. You know, I was getting teased. I was like, "Well, I'm about the numbers. Numbers change, you know, based on new inputs." So, (laughs) you know, those polls were correct. I I firmly believe that they were correct when they were taken. Mm -hmm. I think the same thing happened in 2016. This idea that polls were wrong, polls were wrong, polls were wrong. I think those were. I think they were correct. A lot of those in the run-up were correct when they were taken. I think people changed their mind. They did, and they broke late. People break late, and then I think the exit polls night of. People didn't want to Tell say you. in public that's who they voted for. I mean, I just that's a fact. Yeah, so. Well,
1: I mean, you know, it's uh, we've only got a few minutes left, but I spoke with a very well-known businessman in town today privately. And he typically votes Republican. I'm not going to disclose any of his information. because. Can
0: I guess? He said, give me somebody I can
1: vote for. He said, I'll vote for Joe Biden, but I'll never vote for Bernie Sanders. And so... uh,
0: It'll be rough. Okay, so Bernie's in trouble. Okay. Yeah. It's very rare for someone to to come out of Super Tuesday behind and turn it around. I can't... I thought about looking it up before I came over here to the radio station, but it's not common. It's going to be difficult. Yeah. It's going to be difficult. And I think, you know, I am so sick of hearing him talk about this is Bernie, that whoever goes into the convention with the most delegates should get the nomination. Right. No, please keep, quit saying that stuff. That's not the rules. Talk about plurality. Yes, those are not the rules. Why do we have delegates? And it's true even if it's Joe or Elizabeth Warren. I know she dropped out, but you see what I'm saying? Like, I don't care who the candidate is. Right. If we have a set of rules. Please just follow those rules and don't go on television. Change like advocating to to ignore or change those. My kids are watching. Like I don't. That's not a lesson I want my kids to take away from this election cycle. And I, I you know, I, I just like right. the what happened with Trump and that audio that came out. Like I don't want my kids hearing that either. This is no different in my view. I want them to know. You don't change the rules of the game in the middle of the game. Well, it's interesting that you're not a member of the
1: party, but you're going to run in the party and, and then, then help rewrite you're the rules. Rewrite he, they they the helped, rules.
0: They, no, they he was participated yeah. Oh, yeah. in the rule changes, right. and improved them. Right, And now we're in the middle of the race, and he wants to change him again. Right. I'm just done with it. Yeah, that's that's just – I don't think that's going to fly at all. And I just don't – and this is – I don't mean for this to turn into let's run Bernie down. Right. You know, if he's the nominee, I will vote for him. Yeah. I will definitely vote for him. And I, I didn't vote for Joe in the primary. I voted for – I early voted here in Tennessee, and I voted for Mayor Pete. Okay. So, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. if they want to call – if they want to – if people want to cast me as a never Bernie guy, like, he's he's not my favorite. Right. But – you know, we're, we have a, a political system in this country, and I want to maximize my participation yeah, in it. Yeah, isn't that so. the truth?
1: Well it, well, it goes back to the whole argument about the persuadable voter, too. And like you said, we've said some nice things about Senator Sanders as well. We, we both said yes. some nice things about him and how he has contributed. But there is a belief system out there that there is no such thing as a persuadable voter.
0: That's totally wrong. You know
1: how I got the title of Republican Light? Yes, yes. They love to call me Republican Light. It's why we started this whole show. Democrats call him a Republican, right? It's insane, really. It's this ideological purity test. These people have no idea. I don't take
0: them serious, though. And I hope they're listening. I'll I'll tell them to their face. I hope they're listening. I'll tell them to their face. I don't take you seriously. And I'll, I'll tell you why. You would never catch... A Stephen Reynolds and Andy Dickey. Like, we could run down a whole long list of these dinos, Democrat and name only, right? Right. You wouldn't, they would never be caught dead signing on to a resolution in the Tennessee State House honoring Rush Limbaugh. Yep, right. That's a Republican, folks. Yep, right. Like, a died in a wool Republican. Yes. So, if you want to try to lump us in that, because it's politi- politically expedient, or because or, we don't
1: one hundred percent agree that your policy agenda is pragmatic and can be implemented, or vice versa, right? right.
0: Like they may not agree with with ours, you know. Sure. Um, but I just don't take them seriously, and, right. and and as evidenced by Tuesday night, they are not the majority. Yeah. So, I think that that is probably the biggest. Uh, the biggest vi- the I don't want to call it a victory, but the biggest eye opener from Tuesday night is that the Democratic Party, as you and I knew it as young men, still very much alive and well. It's been dormant, yes, but it's still a thing. Yes, I, I think that's exactly right. So uh, the
1: predictions, Andy the, the the latest poll out of Michigan has got Joe Biden twenty points ahead of Bernie now.
0: Oh, you're joking! Just I haven't seen that. Yeah, and that's a shocker. Because it's a shocker. Bernie's um, Bernie's stance on immigration and global trade right. are all off the back of his his wedding with the with with the unions, that's right? That's Correct. So he is so in lockstep with UAW and other organizations mm-hmm. that that's a shocker. Yeah. So who are these people getting out to vote for yeah, Joe? Right. If well, that's the case, I think Bernie
1: may be energizing voters. I just don't think he's energizing Bernie voters. Is what it sounds to me like. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. And, and and back to the persuadable voter guy. There are persuadable voters everywhere. But this is what's interesting. Trump has been calling – talk about activation. He has been calling for this Operation Chaos or whatever they call oh, yeah, it. Yeah, they call for,
1: it Operation
0: Chaos. For people yeah. to go vote in the Democratic primary. And I've been hearing, like, people – so you just read – I know it's anecdotal, but you just read little reports here and there where they say – because these are our neighbors that work the polls, right? Well, like, we know several poll workers. Yes. And we know two people on the election commission. Yes. And I'm hearing reports online of people talking about they see their Republican friends and neighbors coming and pulling Democratic ballots and voting but, for Bernie Sanders. Or, yeah, I, maybe not. Yeah, maybe not because if you look at the or numbers, they may be
1: voting for Joe Biden is what you're saying.
0: Correct. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how you could check that. You could look at 2018 primary ballots, you know, and if they haven't had a change in their registration, you could you could do. Uh, a correlation between those names and addresses to you know you could you could analyze that we
1: thought about doing that for the 2018 primary <laughs> you know because I had several people tell me that the Republicans or a band of Republicans tried
0: to to yeah, vote a Democrat know. I mean do did, did we have I mean that's an interesting question about about Virginia in particular right uh, yeah. because like that's big numbers they posted up I think Absolutely. the final uh uh primary over primary was like Sixty-three up through sixty-three percent, sixteen versus 20, t- yes. 2016 versus two thousand twenty. So, well, our our uh, our twenty
1: eighteen primary, Democratic primary, had three times as many voters as the previous four primaries. Yeah, it's just crazy when you start seeing numbers that are skewed on a midterm. Like on a midterm, yeah, when you start seeing things like that, it does make you start to wonder, and and we do know some. I do know some Republicans that went and pulled a Democratic ballot this time and voted for Bernie Sanders.
0: Yeah, and I don't know what the policy is in Virginia. I don't know if you have to be registered or not. I don't remember. I'm not sure. I don't if they think have closed you do, because I don't yeah. recall. I don't recall. Well, I don't. I mean, I voted in primaries up there, so yeah. I, but I don't remember registering. Maybe I did when I got my driver's license yeah. okay. uh, when I lived in Alexandria. So interesting, interesting. Anything else, Andy,
1: that you'd like to add before we before we leave? We've been going uh, 53 minutes
0: now. Oh, it doesn't feel like 53 yeah, I mean, minutes. Does it? Um I just want everybody to think that for the, about the pe in this coronavirus thing, uh, think about the people that are less fortunate that don't yeah. have the dough right. to just go and stand in line in the middle of the day to buy some gel, uh, hand sanitizer uh, or we're out by the way. Really? Yeah. Wow. So, you know, this kind of stuff, like the people that, that have to clean your hotel room or they come and clean your house or they're making your sandwich at lunch. Like the great one I had for lunch here on the square, right. you know, uh, they got to get up and go to work, right? Um, and then if you know somebody's unfortunate like that, just if they feel unwell, encourage them to go to the doctor. Mm-hmm. As a society, we'll figure it out, right? I know it sounds terrible. Don't pay the bill. Yeah. If it's that big of a problem, don't pay the bill. Mm-hmm. Just go to the doctor, right? And call ahead. Don't go straight in. Yeah, right. But yeah, call, call ahead. ahead and yes. and make arrangements. You know, for them to to come out to the car and swab you that's happening here in this country too so absolutely that's all i wanted
1: to add well thanks for joining us again this time andy it's been a real pleasure as it always is you bring a lot of insight to uh, this podcast i know our audience will certainly enjoy hearing from you again ladies and gentlemen andy dickey thank you all right thanks andy i'm Stephen reynolds the man in the middle and we'll be right back i don't want to be Welcome back to the Man in the Middle podcast, Season 2, Episode 5. I'm Stephen Reynolds, your host. Thank you so much, Andy Dickey, for joining us again. Uh, Andy's just a a cornucopia of knowledge uh, that he shares on business and various observations that he has. and We certainly appreciate his input. Listen, folks, don't panic. Wash your hands. Obey the six-foot rule. Do the burrow bump instead of a handshake. These are all things that we can control. Hopefully this thing gets under control soon and we can go to somewhat back to normal. Thanks for getting out there and vote, voting on Super Tuesday, folks. And thanks for listening to our podcast. I'm Stephen Reynolds. I'll see you next week.